You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. Turn to glory. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. Let's go. All right, folks, here we are. We are week one into college football, plus week zero if you count it, and then now the NFL happens tomorrow for those of you that are listening it will have happened last night uh seeing as we drop on fridays but we are pumped this is a great great time to be alive yeah dude i'm pumped to be here with you um so why don't you remind all of our wonderful listeners what we do on the show so this show is all about beer it's all about life and it's all about sports probably in that order you could probably maybe switch sports and life because sometimes we use do. S- sports to push away some of the realities of our life. But beer is always for front row center here on drink and think. And we just hang out, drink some beers, talk about sports and life and uh, just have a blast. Yeah. So what are you drinking this week? So I've got two beers to highlight this week. I'm starting out with, uh, throwback so uh the og is it from texas uh, it is from texas so (laughs) uh, it's been a few months since i've been in texas shiner just dropped their new seasonal oktoberfest and it's pretty good it's like most shiner beers it's definitely a beer that you will drink and enjoy minus the s'mores i don't know what you guys were thinking with that shiner We'll still let you sponsor the podcast if you want, but don't release the s'mores ever again. But everything else they've ever released has been pretty damn good. Typical Oktoberfest, obviously, with them being German, they get it right, and it it is a very good beer. Certainly something to enjoy around now, the TV is this, football. Is this one of those frou-frou pumpkin spice latte beers, or is this like a Mertzen to its core from Germany, Oktoberfest kind of beer. No, this is strictly. Do you have uh, to think about it? I was it? trying to, no, I'm sorry. I'm trying to read on their <laughs> label, but they have part of it written in German. Eins, zwei, drei, enjoy. So one, two, three, enjoy. Nothing but the classic. No, uh, Oktoberfest. This is straight like the Germans do it. Four key ingredients and that's it. That uh, I don't know if that's a red flag, but that was the extent of my German knowledge. I don't know if that came from the movie Cool Runnings or from reading too many uh, Shiner bottles, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen any of those yet, but I, I definitely will and always do pick them up. I'm a big uh, Oktoberfest fan. I've got a uh, completely 180 from you. I'm drinking a, it's called halftime tangerine sour. Been on a sour kick lately Been trying to snag every sour that I can find. This one's made by Broadway brewing. 
it's a it's a session sour ale and i mean it's a tangerine style so you're definitely going to get that tartness that that sour um coming from the tangerine but i also pick up a little bit of salt in there and and when they say session i mean it is sessionable you can slam this thing and it definitely uh, goes down smooth so big shout out to broadway brewing uh, out of missouri that's pretty right. damn good right on yeah we were just uh we just spent the weekend last weekend in missouri uh, which was a lot of fun you know uh when we go on vacation sometimes with especially if you're going with your family or with your buddies you have so much packed in there that by the end of the vacation you need another vacation just to recover this was we needed it. some we needed some stuff to recover but it wasn't because we did a whole lot yeah uh, <laughs> that's fair. basically basically sat around <clears throat> played some games hung out with the family and watched football and drank beer and that was it yep so speaking of let's uh let's do a quick recap of last week so of note every sec team won granted albeit a lot of those were tune-up games not all of them a lot of those not were tune-up games but the sec only lost one game lsu what are you guys doing I mean, start to the capital trying, L for a reason. We are trying to promote the SEC brand, right? And y'all guys are going out and losing to Florida State. It was now, I, I will say this this was a perfect game for Florida State because they had no pressure. Mike Norvell is basically, he's like, well, I'm going to get fired. I may not even survive the, the, bus ride back but you know if i go in and win then i'm a hero and he ended up being a hero much thanks to how poorly lsu played yeah we talked it i think he needs a bowl game but that may have been you know the signature win that keeps him alive yeah um, absolutely. i mean i think it was the game of the week but not because it was clean play i mean it was sloppy as all get out but i mean there's there's already the hype from Brian Kelly. And then you have the muffed punt, and then the football guide shined down on LSU for a second when you know Florida State had that goal line fumble, and then they go yep. back and jack up the freaking field goal. I mean, it was sloppy as hell. I mean, I guess that's college football, and that's why we watch it, you know. But that uh, was LSU's to lose, and and Kelly's off to a great start. I mean, there's literally boosters like get this dude the hell out of here, and like not going to make the season kind of talk. Yeah. A lot of people. So it was circulating and sometimes the uh, like making fun of the coach or like the really spicy stories in college football, don't make it to like the ESPNs and uh, you know, CBS sports type networks because they try to keep their hands clean of actual news and just fill it with all the bullshit they normally try to uh, promote. But this week, even I mean, you saw other you saw it where uh, a couple of the media came. Oh, media got chirpy. The, yeah, the came into the press conference late. Brian Kelly came off hot at him, and the response was, "Well, maybe if you would win, we'll show up on time." Mm. Which for week one and for a coach that you played a lot of money, that is not a good look. Yeah. Any, uh, any other ones you want to highlight? I mean, I thought UGA Oregon was going to be a blowout in the bloodbath, but I didn't think it was going to be 49 to three bad is, is Uga that good or is Oregon just that overrated and old Bo Nix 
um, left off right where he started from Auburn. Yeah, for all of our listeners from Oregon, that's the state that Dak is trying to pronounce. Uh, I think it's, I think but, it's actually Oregon. We've been no, saying it wrong. It's Oregon. But now I will uh, forever say Oregon. Uh, I, I did think that that was hilarious only because Bo Nix was like, thank God I finally left the SEC because I was tired of playing behind a trash Auburn offensive line where I was Game the most one. sacked quarterback in the SEC. Game one, I think, I think Georgia had seven sacks. I mean, he got absolutely obliterated. Um, I don't think that's a necessarily a, a fair um, assessment of Georgia, but it's when well, we went, if you looked back at some of our earlier episodes, we talked about, hey, the SEC, Georgia's has a cakewalk, basically, through the East. So that was one of their, like, are they going to be it? And they were pretty good. I will uh, highlight two other games that I thought were fantastic. Uh, starting out on Thursday, we had the backyard brawl, West Virginia Pitt, which was phenomenal, goes down to the wire, and dude, I've already watched catch. I've already watched so much football that seems like a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. The potential catch at the goal line, uh, probably the right call, but a, a fantastic opening to the weekend. And then my favorite of the weekend was Houston UTSA. Uh, we said this was going to be close. We gave you Houston, or excuse me, UTSA. I think you and I both heard, said UTSA was going to maybe be able to squeak this one out. And they almost upset them, got very close. Um, so it was a, that was a great uh, game as well. Yeah, everybody had great games except for uh, the old kicking team. <laughs> The special yeah. teams were were on fire the first week. I mean, the LSU to blow the game. Um, who else? Who else was studly? Oh, the Eastern Carolina. Um, yeah, ECU has a chance to beat an in-state rival. That's the highest ranked that, that they have been. NC State has been in like years, and ECU has a chance to beat them at home. Score a touchdown with time expiring. And then the fucking kicker shanks it off the post. I mean, college football kickers are more unreliable than Fauci at this point. They are just all over the map. <laughs> you can never be guaranteed what is about to happen. Uh, we counted it up, 36 missed kicks in week one. Uh, so it was absolutely, <laughs> absolutely atrocious out there. And uh, honestly, that, but that's why we love to watch, right? Hundred percent, yeah. So, what's on your radar for next week? I've got two games that I want to talk about. Um, I think we start, if you don't mind, sir. I want to start with Alabama, Texas. Okay. So, um, it's a minus twenty to Bama over under sixty five and a half. So, why is this game relevant? Why is it important? Well, two reasons. You've got two storied brands going head to head. You've got number one in the country, Alabama. And honestly, you have completely irrelevant Texas right now. Um, yeah. They haven't played since the 2009 BCS championship game, which I thought was interesting. That's about Alabama won 37-21. Um, but everyone's saying, like, this is the best matchup of the week. And I complete, that's completely ass. I do not agree. Um, this isn't this isn't a, a matter of who wins the game. It's 
you know, it's a matter of by how much does Alabama win the game. And honestly, we could see a, a UGA Oregon repeat here. I'm mean, excuse me, Oregon repeat here, where yeah. it's just complete blowout. Um, I don't know. I've got a, I've got a, some stats that I want to hit you with, but what are your initial impressions and thoughts about this game? We know how you feel about Texas. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm biased. Um, uh, you know, as we've said previously, Texas fans were already complaining about how this should have been a night game whenever this got scheduled. And it's not. This is uh, another tune-up game for Alabama. Texas, if you're if you're coming at this the right way, this is perfect for you, okay? All you have to do is keep it relatively close. If you can cover the spread, if you can cover the spread, you know, good teams win, great teams cover. If you can cover the spread, it'll be all right. You can walk off and like, all right, let's take this, learn what we need to learn and go off into the sunset. But no, they're not. Texas fans are coming in like, we got a chance. We're going to go in there. Or Alabama's coming in here. It's going to be a ruckus atmosphere. It's not. Austin is not a tough place to play. It, it's not a big football town. And it's not bad on Texas because of that. The stadium is literally in the downtown area. There's businesses all around it. It's not like in the heart of campus. It's just, it's not a huge place to play. There's a lot of other stuff to do. So. I think Bama will roll. Hopefully, if Texas is lucky, they can close the gap in the fourth quarter when Bama's resting the starters. That's a fair point, especially from a betting mind, mindset. If you can, if you can let them ease up in the fourth and then you know cover fourteen points on two touchdowns or something like that to make it close, that's a super fair point. Um, so I'm gonna hit you with some stats. And granted, it's it's really hard to predict based off of week one tune-up games but honestly they they both had one so that's you know that's the kind of stats that we're going to look at i thought alabama in week one looked super balanced they went 559 total yards and they were nearly split down the middle on the ground and in the air now what i thought was interesting comparing the two teams alabama was 60 percent on third down conversions compared to ut at 38 and a half and really, that's Alabama through three quarters. Wow. That's that's crazy. Only 38 and a half? Yeah. Because Texas played University of Louisiana Monroe, if I'm not mistaken, the Red Hawks. Yep, ULM, yep. And then so beyond that, Alabama only allowed 139 yards on defense. And uh, they stopped – how do I put this? of third downs were allowed on Alabama compared to a 37.5 allowed on Texas. So they're losing. Texas is going to get handed to them on both sides of the ball. Now, we all know why the defense only let up 139 yards, right? Yeah. Got that big machine in the back. Yeah, I mean, the linebacker core at for Bama with some people saying the only player that could – defensive player that could potentially – get to New York for the Heisman, yeah, they're going to be rock solid, especially against the run. And, and a lot of people are already saying Alabama has the best defense in the country, which hasn't been, you know, that proclaimed in the last couple of years. So a couple other interesting things. So Bryce Young, probably still the Heisman favorite right now. Uh, he had limited action. He went 18 for 28, which, okay, not impressive. But the scary stat to me that I was reading – he had five carries with his legs, 
for 100 yards and a touchdown. Oh, my God. So it's yeah. like 20, 20 yards per carry. Yeah. yeah. And he, and he's, you know, dangerous on his wheels. And that's not a stat that I expected to see coming out week one from Bryce Young. So again, so how, how does Texas kind of stop the gap here and keep this somewhat close? I mean, it's gotta be Bijan Robinson and Quinn Ewers, right? So Quinn Ewers had sparks of, okay, maybe I'm not complete ass, but he also looked very new. Right. Yeah. I think, I think one huge thing for this game is he has to stay settled. He has to grow into that experience. He has to stay calm and, and, you know, in the face of that big monster coming across the line at him. Um, and I think he needs to really look for Bijan Robinson, not up the, up the middle, but he needs to look for him in the flats, look for him as an escape route. That dude, Bijan Robinson's a dynamic player. He's not just up the gut runner. Right. Yeah. So, if they, if they can, you know, turn that into something a little more, start the run game early, but look for some escape routes with, you know, another guy that could end up in New York. I think that's how they kind of close the gap there. But I see this as a, a pretty much a Rothel stop. I'm going 41-20 Alabama. What about you? Yeah, I think I could give an, honestly, Texas 20 points maybe generous, unless they are able to come up with it at the end of the game. Uh, I. I definitely see, I mean, I don't see Bama scoring less than 40. And let's remember, this is a Texas defense that has been abysmal, like bottom of the pack in the Big 12 in a conference that doesn't already play defense. So when you come up against the Bryce Youngs that can run and throw, and on the other side, you come up against a defense that can get you off in a three and out consistently, it's going to be tough. I agree. It's all going to be about, hey, how are they able to get the ball out of Quentin Ewers' hand quick and get it into some playmakers that can hopefully make a move and get some methodical uh, chunk or methodical drives and then maybe some chunk plays over the top because Alabama has given those up in the past. I think the I I think Bama rolls uh, by probably I would say probably twenty four plus, but. If you want to be safer on the betting side, I think uh, the first half uh, spread is Ooh, like 11 that. and a half. So if you're worried that Texas is going to come in the back door and then maybe score a couple, two touchdowns in the second half, uh, and it, you know, it gets under that 20 total, 11 and a half is not a bad play here um, because Texas does have a dynamic offense. And if Alabama starts resting their starters, Maybe they do score some points. That's a great pick. I didn't think about first half lines. And honestly, 11's not too crazy considering it's Alabama. I may, hell, I may take that. I like that. Yeah. Um, so my, my game of the week, we all agree that that is not the real game of the week, but my true game of the week that I, I'm excited about and it's going to be an absolute bomb to watch is Tennessee at Pitt. So uh, right now the line is Tennessee minus six over under 66 and a half. So already you can tell it's a huge line. We're almost at 70 points. It may get there, get up to 68 before the kick. Uh, But it's really a tale of two teams, right? You have Pitt that had an amazing season last year. They are ranked uh, number 16. They had a great uh, win over West Virginia, but they're trying to find their identity, who they are after Kenny Pickett. 
And then on the other side, you got Tennessee coming in who expected great things last year and then went seven and six in the West, or excuse me, in the East, where they should have done a lot better. Now they've got Josh Heupel's got a second year. Again, the uh, expectations are high. The offense should be absolutely astounding behind got Hendon Hooker, who is a dark horse to go to New York. Uh, They've got, they can score points in bunches, but can their defense hold up? So I don't know right now, Tennessee getting six is a lot to me, but I think uh, for me, this is one of those just bet the over and watch this game and watch them rack up points. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they're, we're scoring 35 plus points in the first half because neither team necessarily is going to have a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of defense. Uh, as we saw the pit game last week, West Virginia was able to sling the ball around with JT Daniels. So I think take the over there and just have some fun watching this, these teams run up the score. I didn't think Pitt looked very good last week. Um, Tennessee's got a lot of hype. And agreed, Hooker is supposed to be the dude. Um, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like six on Tennessee. I may lean with the the over there with you as well. Yeah. What about you? What's some uh, What's some other ones that you're looking at? All right. So the last game we'll talk about. Um, I think this is probably going to be the game of the week. I think we've started seeing a little bit of a rivalry between these two teams. I like Baylor and BYU. It's uh, three and a half to BYU over under 53 and a half. First off, did you see BYU's chrome blue helmets? Yes. Oh, those are, those are freaking ice, dude. I, I really like those. But um, last year was a hell of a game between the two of them. Um, it was a complete battle of the trenches, over 300 yards on the ground, super physical game. But if you talk to BYU's coach, Kalani, he said that they just got beat on the line of, line of scrimmage. They were, they were lacking in physicality. And then on the flip side, if you go talk to Dave Aranda, he says, hey, BYU, their size and physicality really stand out. So is this just going to be the big men in the trenches pushing back and forth? I'm going to lean with no. I think both of these teams can put up big points. If you saw last week, Baylor put up 69 against Albany and BYU put up 50 against USA. So granted, those aren't the most studly teams on the planet, but still putting up some numbers. And where I like is the the 69 for Baylor. Um, if you look at um, um, if you look at from a quarterback standpoint and you look at Shapin, the dude threw 85% of his passes and went 214 in the air last last week. Whereas on the flip side, the defensive side for BYU allowed 172 yards in the air against a very accurate passer who went 17 for 20. So is their secondary going to be a weakness for them? I think it's very possible. And so you got big men pushing around up front and you have some weaknesses in the secondary. I could see a lot of deep bombs being thrown by Shapin and, uh, I think the points are going to go up. Both teams, oddly enough, scored five or had 573 uh, yards in week one, which I thought was just a really yeah, fun that's stat. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with BYU coming to the Big 12 next year, like I said, I, I think this could be a – it was a burnout last year. It's going to it's gonna be a beatdown this year. 
Um, I think it's going to come down to the air raid and, and who's going to get a stop when they're not supposed to. Uh, I'm going to hammer the spread on Baylor, though. I mean, I think that they're going to win the Big 12. I think they are a superior team. So I like Baylor 35, BYU 27. You think uh, maybe sprinkle a little on the money line for Baylor and catch a little extra action there, or are you going to st- stick with the uh, spread? No, I think I'll take the money line. Yeah, I, that's a fair point. I honestly don't know why, I mean, unless I'm missing something there. Uh, you can fact check me on my stat skis here. But I, I thought that was strange that it was three and a half to BYU. Well, obviously, this is a pick em game, right? So they're giving Provo is not an easy place to play. Vegas has given, uh, given BYU the three and a hook um, just based on a home game thing. So, so obviously, Vegas thinks this could go either way. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind the Baylor pick at all. Um, BYU hasn't been able to necessarily get it done in those big games. So uh, I, I don't mind that. All right, you want to transition real quick and uh, hit us with some some real world news of the week? Sure. As we finish our first or second or third, wherever you're at, beer, and we'll move on to our our next one quickly. So, political news of the week. Uh, Dave's not so dumb thoughts. So, uh, Ukraine this week. Or last week and then this week has gone on the offensive in, against Russia. Um, not really widely reported, uh, unless you're really paying attention. Uh, last week, their offensive on best f best guesses was pretty costly and didn't gain a whole lot. But this week has apparently made some pretty good gains in this eastern region of Ukraine near Kharkiv. And then there's been some open source reporting. Twitter, this, it's been fascinating to follow this on Twitter because basically both sides are reporting almost live updates by recording it on Twitter and then sending it as kind of an information campaign against the other side. Anyways, early open source reporting is showing that about 2,000 Russian soldiers and their commander were captured, so about, uh, you know, about brigade half a brigade or so brigade tactical group getting captured in a small city um, with a lieutenant colonel who is apparently the officer in charge did you know that is a terrible way to go out right now with all the hype of this and like how pissed off ukrainians are right now being captured oh boy yeah and then there's been some some reporting from the russian side that they're not so nice to the ukrainian captives so yeah i mean uh that's got to be one of those things that years down the road, we're going to, unfortunately, we're probably going to find some mass graves of dudes that got captured and didn't make it back for questioning. Uh, so that, so that's interesting because a lot of, you know, does Ukraine have the chance to win this thing? And a lot of people say no. Uh, but then on the other side of that, they're making some gains. And then Russia and other news starting to buy artillery and rockets from North Korea. And uh, this is, to me, is a huge sign of desperation for Russia. It means that while uh, maybe the sanctions against their oil industry hasn't worked perfectly, it's working enough that their defense base can't produce enough rounds to keep up with the demand in Ukraine. And let's be honest, uh, North Korea is not the place you want to start buying stuff from. 
they are not known for having the most prolific engineers. Uh, and they are not a wealthy country that can make sure that all of their stockpiles are maintained and are tracked. There's been a lot of uh, reports that North Korea's munitions have a, a really high dud rate, meaning that when they get shot, they don't explode. They just kind of stick in the ground. So you, you wouldn't buy a rocket from Rocket Man? Come on. No, I would, I would not. He is, and then, and to your point, uh, he's focused his attention on the nuclear option because the conventional option was his dad's thing. He wants to make a name for himself. Anyway, all of this comes out to is these are two big black eyes for Russia in a span of about a week. But what we got to be careful is an injured dog in a corner isn't always yep. the most rational person. So we got to be careful about saying, all right, Ukraine, you guys can win this. Because Russia still has a lot of options behind their sleeve, and a lot of them aren't pretty. So, I think that was from from the get go. Step one, we're like, okay, so if they win, they take Ukraine. That's real bad for the world. Bad guys win. If they lose, then what? Because there's only you know you only go down from here, and and that kind of egotistical, narcissistic leader such as Putin. Is it going to go down without a fight? And yeah. like you said, you're you're backed into a hole. Well, pull the trigger, boys. So that's uh, yeah, it's scary shit, man. Yep. Yeah, definitely. You need to keep our eye on that one. Not not just say, all right, way to go. Ukraine's going to win this thing because there's still a lot that's going to happen. So uh, while we transition to lighter subjects, you want to transition to maybe drinking another beer? Yeah. So I will follow your sour with another sour. Oh, let's go. So uh, I, I'm not quite the sour connoisseur that Dak is, but this one is a goodie. So uh, from Boulevard here in uh, Kansas City, so called Berry Noir, which is, I think Noir is French for dark or Black. something like that. Black, Black. Yeah. Noir. Noir. But very good, not super tart. It's honestly, if you put this, well, this may be just mean I'm an alcoholic, but I was thinking if you put this in a communion cup and pass it around on Sunday, not a whole lot of people would be able to tell. So get your, get your little breadstick action in there, soak it <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. But anyways, so berry noir, uh, it's blackberry, blueberry, um, great color too, which is kind of cool, uh, which is one of the benefits of sours. It's just kind of a different, very crisp, uh, 4.2%. So definitely something that's pretty clean. You can drink when it's super hot out. So um, I gave it, I think, a 4.25 on untapped. I really, Ooh, really like it. That's high Dave Marks there. Uh, we just shared that last week, dude. I thought it was really good myself. I I like the tartness of it, but I also like the crushability. Like it's not a sipping sour to where you're just like, yeah. holy shit, I... I can only take like an ounce of this at a time kind of thing. Like it's a sour yeah. that you can put back. I was a big fan of that. And I'm, I'm not always a fan of a huge fan of Boulevard. So um, speaking of like crushability, this is called Waters, Water Boy. It's from Two Pitchers Brewing. It is a watermelon lime Rattler. So I'm not even sure if this classifies as a beer. It's a... Uh, 
Do you know what a Rattler is? I've never even heard that. Yeah. So, I mean, a Rattler is basically, I mean, it's almost like a beer seltzer. Mm. Um, they're usually like on 4% or right at 4% super low alcohol. Um, and then most Rattlers are usually like mixed with some kind of like lager beer. So it's like a lagered beer. And then it's usually oh, mixed okay. with like a part of lemonade or some kind of juice to kind of, you know, bring it down. And that's what, you know, keeps the, the ABV low around 4%. Um, it, it's honestly, it's like a white girl's paradise. Like it's, mm. it's beer, but not beer. So you take a light beer already in a lager and you essentially water it down with some, some lemonade. Um, in this case, I assume some watermelon something but i mean this is your perfect it's 100 degrees outside and i'm sitting in the backyard smashing brews uh you can put a bunch of these away so yeah but yeah it's it's not my favorite just because i'm not a huge rattler fan um i like beer that tastes like beer so beer nonetheless yeah. though yeah that's true and here at drink and think while we may we may grade our beers differently we appreciate all beer the same all right so uh top three of the week this week and you picked this one i thought this was a fantastic top three. Oh, thanks Dave. and i'm oh. excited you know i don't like to give dak too many uh attaboys because he gets really you know pumped up and then it just it gets really uh difficult to be around him so i like to like deflate his tires as often as possible but this was a good one uh so coolest sports mascots love that so yeah um naturally my head stayed in college i think college sports have a lot of really unique cool mascots that you may not see so much in you know professional sports and I kind of left it open for interpretation. Was it the mascot itself? So like, you know, the Stanford tree, like the tree is mm -hmm. a thing in itself, the mascot, you know, or I won't give away what's on your list, but I, I was thinking that guy also there at your number two, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily what the sports team is, but the mascot kind of lives in infamy there. So uh, left it open for whether it's the school itself or the individual mascot, um, but yeah, I mean, I, all three of mine came from college, but I'll let you start. Uh, what's your number three? My number three is Benny the Bull uh, from the Chicago Bulls. Uh, not, I don't know if he's able to do it as much anymore because I know that Benny has gotten in trouble uh, as, you know, by either throwing popcorn. I think he dropped somebody's phone in their beer uh, recently and that got him. He goes a hard. Little bit, a little bit of hot water, but I think it's hilarious. I think it's absolutely hilarious. And it's a great breakup, especially in a sport like basketball where there's a lot of stoppages and you're waiting on stuff. Having someone like dump like a 10 pound bag of popcorn on someone's head. I'm, you know, a depraved soul. And so I think that's hilarious. So Benny the Bull and he's he's a he's an icon like he's an icon. So I'm going to say Benny the Bull. I like it uh, for my number three. I'm going to go down to St. Louis University, the old SLU. I'm going the Billiken. I think this one was super unique because in 1908, it was drawn up by their art teacher. And so it's this kind of like, I don't know, ghost looking, demonic looking kind of weird figure thing. Um, but it, it represents 
the good things as they ought to be. So I thought that was just really interesting. Like I said, I like uh, off the wall kind of stuff and like props to the art teacher back in 19 and eight for saying like, Hey, this is what I think is cool. And they stuck with it for over a hundred years. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. There's a lot. I was, as you know, I was doing my research on this. There's a lot of like really unique stories out there of how these things came to be. Um, my second one is uh, gritty for the Philly Flyers. Hands down. Uh, sim- similar to Benny the Bull, but I think he takes it to a whole nother level. He's funny. Like he gets out in the crowd. He pumps people up. He gets into fights with the other mascot. Uh, you know, he is like the Paul Coffey, like back in the day for the Philadelphia Flyers. He is that like type of personality, brutish. And uh, I think it's great and great for a sport like hockey. So I'm going to go gritty. Really stands out. Like you yeah. don't miss that guy coming at you. Yeah, I yeah. like that. That He, he was uh, an honorable mention on my list for sure. So number two, and not a fan of Notre Dame. Not a fan yes. of Notre Dame, but I like the leprechaun. One, because I'm sure there's others, but probably the most well-known for doing what he does. You don't hide your face. You know who that dude is. Oh, right? okay. Um, and then, you know, not condoning hazing, but been hazed a few times in my life. And, you know, maybe somewhere deep down inside, I think it was good for me. These dudes go through like rigorous tryouts and like, it's not like, hey, you show up and now you're the, the leprechaun. Like, you have to try out. And then you also know there's dudes that their whole life, like, they're, like, looking in the mirror at five years old, and they're like, shit. Well, there's only one school I'm going to, boys. You know, <laughs> and they're, like, groomed to be the the Notre Dame leprechaun. So I think that's really cool. Uh, and then in 1964, I thought this was interesting. They were featured on Time Magazine. So, boom, going with Notre Dame, the leprechaun still stands out. All right. Okie dokie. Let's save the listener some time. We know you're picking Bevo as number one. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of great animal mascots out there. You know, there's also some teams that I really hate because they can't decide what their mascot is, you know, we're like, damn tiger. Exactly. That. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. but one school, not because I like the school, but I think it is a really cool mascot is Ralphie the Buffalo up at Colorado. I mean, they run a damn Buffalo out on the field every time. And there's these, like, there's four, like, skinny white dudes that are, like, trying to hang on to this motherfucker as he, like, runs out onto the field. <laughs> and you know, if Ralphie wants to, he can buck those little girl, those little girls off and he can just tear some shit up. So uh, I'm going to go Ralphie the Buffalo because I think that's pretty cool. Honorable mention for me is obviously – uh in florida state i think the you know having the seminole with the flaming uh freaking spear and the paint run in and appaloosa sorry and then and slam his spear down on the set that is a pretty freaking cool mascot but i'm gonna go ralphie because the buffaloes are cool yep i agree buffaloes are cool and it's really not too far off of my number one pick so uh naturally Take a bit of a homer pick, but that's okay because outside looking in, I may still pick this dude. And that's the Arkansas Razorback. Like you would look at a Razorback and most people are like, wait, that thing actually freaking exists. They're like, yeah, wait, that thing is actually in America. 
Like it looks like it should be in the African African jungle, but it's not. And it's a, it's in our backyard. It's feared. It's massive. I don't know any other Razorback college or pro mascots. Um, the Razorback is a bad dude. And again, to your point, like they actually have a, a Razorback or a, a big ass boar on the sidelines. Yeah. So super cool. Yeah. Uh, there are also, it's worth noting, there are also some really, really terrible college mascots. Um, you know, just think you also one in, in Arkansas, the bull weevils. Yeah, um, that's a, I think that's cool. Yeah, you're literally a, a, a bug that eats crops. Um, that's, you know, there's a lot of those out there too, which is pretty interesting. But yeah, no, I, I like it. I like it. Razorback, Homer pick, but, you know, he is... You know, he, she, do they have it? Is it like, is it like a lineage of Razorbacks? Yeah, his name know? is Tusk. Yeah, yeah, he's the real oh, deal. Okay, okay. We're on like Tusk 17 or something like that. Probably. I, I should know the answer to that, and I don't. I will beat myself later. I apologize. All right, well, we'll save you the time of, you know, hurting yourself, and we'll just let you uh, prepare for this NFL season because Dak – is a pseudo Cowboys fan. Uh, I have a lifelong Cowboys fan. And let me tell Drink a Thick Nation, I'm ready to be hurt again. I was I just really going to say that's perfect segue. You're going to get just demolished another year. I am. I'm so ready for us to perform really well in a lot of tough games and still fail. And I, I'm just ready. My heart is mended itself somehow. I've pulled myself out of my self-deprivation from last season, and I'm ready to just beat myself into oblivion as the Cowboys fail expectations again. So uh, with that being said, uh, take, us, take us away, Dak. What do you think about NFL weeks or NFL's uh, game of the week this week? Yeah, so um, it's basically a pick It's two and a half to the Bucks over under 50 and a half, um, you know, Old Timothy Brady and his 45 years of wisdom is coming to take on old Dak. And, uh, you know, he's been in the news. He took that little hiatus. He, you know, he's right. under some pressure. Is he going to get it done? Is this his last season? Probably is his last season. Um, and then last year, you know, it ended, it was a season opener and the game ended 31, 29 bucks in a hell of a shootout. And Dak just couldn't uh, get it done. So fucking Greg, the leg, God damn you, Greg, why yeah. couldn't you make that field goal? It hurt. It hurt. Yep. So, uh, if you're looking at the bucks, you know, Tom's lost a lot of weapons. Gronk's retired. AB's gone. Uh, Chris Godwin's questionable with his ACL. Um, he's, you know, he's out of a brace. He's playing more. If he does see week one, he's probably not going to see a ton of action. So, you know, where does Tom have a ton of weapons? You've got a first-time head coach and Todd Bowles. Um, you know, that's a big question mark in itself. And then on the flip side of the ball, you have, is Dak healthy? You know, they've yeah. also lost a lot of talent. Uh, Gallup's out with ACL. Mari Cooper's gone. Um, so, I, you know, Tom's going to do Tom things. Hopefully Dak's healthy. I think, you know, he's got a lot to show uh, and a lot left in the game of football. But I think the boys' defense is poised to be scary good with, you know, yes. sitting behind Diggs and Micah Parsons. Um, so I'll let you talk your part, and then I'm going to hit you with some very interesting stat lines that may sway your bet. So, yeah, I mean, the defense is going to be good. Uh, the question, obviously, is within one 
how is Dallas going to be able to rush the passer? So did a decent job last year. Not great. And then is Diggs has he, while he got, you know, season, he was a leader in interceptions with 11 last year. He also was the leader in giving up big plays. So is Diggs going to be a better cover corner or is he still going to be the, you know, I'm going to take the ball away, but I'm also going to give up 60 yards a game. So that's a huge question. And then what is CD lamb going to look like for the Cowboys? If he's been able to be the kind of over the top, you know, like, you know, uh, really flashy speed guy because Coop was the regular, you know, he can run the routes and get the ball um, easily, you know, in your every down kind of receiver. So can CD operate without Cooper taking some extra coverages? So uh, we'll find that out. And CD had a, had a case of the drop skis sometimes last year. So uh, like, you know, my heart is ready to be uh, dashed. Um, yeah, dashed on Sunday. So the Bucks were only three of six against the spread in away games last year. And Dallas was, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Dallas was phenomenal against the spread last year, like one of the best teams in the NFL. So 13 and five crazy. against the spread to include the playoffs. Yeah, they crushed it. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, ESPN, if you look at like the, the big boy stat sheet, the Cowboys have a 61.9% chance to win this game. So if you look at Bucks aren't good on the road, Cowboys crushed the spread last year. And the, you know, most of the stats are swaying to the Cowboys. Yeah, you're probably fucked in this game and you're going to get your heart crushed. But you know what? I'm going to go 31-28 in a last year's flip. And I'm going to go money line them boys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, this is really a, a toss-up <laughs> to me. I'm surprised, honestly, that it's, you know, that the Bucks are getting two and a half just because uh, uh, their defense is not terrible either. Their defense was pretty good last year. Um, I, as a out of principle, never bet on the Cowboys just because I already have enough reasons to hate myself. I don't need picking wrong on the Cowboys to increase, you know, my, um, you know, my self-loathing. So I'm going to, will avoid this. Although I do agree uh, the Cowboys here, just going with the numbers, getting maybe taking them with the spread, maybe buying a point or half a point. So it gets to three uh, would be, would be worth it. Yeah. And to your point, Dallas is almost never, bet against on you know in vegas at home and that's yeah. uh, that was very strange to me when i pulled up the the numbers to see that the bucks were favored in dallas so yeah all that adds up to a a, a dave tier and a dallas loss but you know i'm gonna put a few bucks on the money line there so so speaking of all of these you know predictions that's what we're probably gonna bet but we've got one lock of the week and uh we're gonna keep stat sheets on that and so your bet of the week, any sport, any bet, straight up, money line, over, under, parlay, what is your lock of the week that you are taking it to the bank? Oof. Lock of the week. Um, I will stay in the NFL for this. Um, I was really tempted to go table tennis, but uh, I will 
I will go ahead and stick in the NFL and say um, Green Bay at the Vikings, I think is going to be an extremely interesting game. I think it is going to be my NFL game of the week this week, although there is a ton to pick on. uh, And I'll tell you my pick and then I'll run you through the storylines that are going through week one because it is really phenomenal. So this is a huge, this is a huge week for Green Bay, right? How have they replaced Devontae Adams? Uh, you know, has is Lazard gonna be, you know, able to step up into that he's, into that role? He's still questionable as well. Right. Uh, and then the Vikings, right? They've been playing second fiddle to Green Bay in the NFC North for years. Is this their time to find to get out the gate and get the get the win out on Green Bay? But the Vikings defense is atrocious. It's terrible. Last year it was bad. It will be bad this year. So will they be able to get enough stops? Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, they are going to score plenty of points, but Green Bay's defense has gotten better. I love the over in this game. I think Green Bay, so the line is one and a half to Green Bay. I think hitting Green Bay is probably not a bad bet because you have a back-to-back MVP in Aaron Rodgers going against going up against one of the worst defenses, bottom eight in the NFL in all categories last year. He's going to be able to throw down some points. Uh, I think if this is a, I'm going to go over on this one. It's in a dome, so you don't have to worry about weather. So I'm going 30-24, Green Bay wins over caches. Is that 47? 47 is over under, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I like that bet as well. Uh, and to your point, I, I agree. I think uh, old Aaron Rodgers comes out swinging. I mean, no different than Tom. Like he's, you know, on his last leg here and he's trying to get it done. And yeah. so back-to-back MVPs are cool, but he wants a Super Bowl. Yeah. And so I think he's going to be playing his ass off. Now, I like that yeah. pick. Um, so my lock of the week, I'm taking – Bengals against the spread it's six and a half against Pittsburgh I think mm-hmm. Bengals take this game um so your your power index is 78 percent Bengals to win outright got it cool it's a one touchdown game yeah you've got a couple of dudes questionable for Pittsburgh linebacker Marcus Allen wide receiver Deontay Johnson both questionable to play you've got Mitch Trubisky, who's, you know, questionable as a quarterback. Um, So when you put all those things together and then you add in this pretty awesome stat on top of it, that the Bengals enter this season on an eight game against the spread winning streak. That's a lock for me, boy. Eight in a row. Good. I love that. Boy, I love that stat. I love, you know, there's always a gambler's paradox, but I love, I'm a sucker for a streak. Yes, you Um, are. I will streak. Uh, I'll go streaking with if there's a good streak going on, depending on how much money I win. Uh, there's a lot of other games. That was a really bad dad dad uh, joke there. Yeah, I was. I was like, uh, I was thinking. I was like, well, I'm gonna make like you know ten bucks on it, so you can have it if you go streaking across your neighborhood. It'll probably cost you a lot more, but you know, maybe fun in the process. Yeah, they're like, oh look, it's a dick, but smaller. <laughs> All right. Um, so, but there are some great other games that are notable. And so obviously Thursday night, that would be chalk pick to just I agree. pick the Bills Rams. So we're not picking that one. Bills Rams, it's a toss up. 
you're basically rerunning the matchup because the teams are relatively uh, unchanged from when they did it last time. And but the, there's some. The, uh, go ahead. The the disrespect for the Rams. I mean, Super Bowl champions coming in with the Bills favored. I mean, you know yeah. that's a chip on their shoulder. And the Rams not being favored to. Yeah, exactly. The the, the Bills being favored to win the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, uh, but there's some other great ones that I'm going to keep my eye on. Browns Panthers coming out the gate. You kidding me? It's hot stuff. Baker yeah. Mayfield. Baker Mayfield saying he's going to beat the shit out of them. And then obviously you got the absolute phenom of a person in Miles Garrett on the other side saying, "Oh yeah, we're paying attention." Miles Garrett is about to eat that alive. On the other, on moving on. Uh, so we've got. Broncos Seahawks. You got first game, Russell Wilson going into the home of the 12th man, which they aren't because they stole that from Texas AM and they still, I think they still pay AM money for the rights to say that, but neither here nor there. Chiefs Cardinals, that's also a great game, right? So you got right out the gate. Can the Chiefs replace uh, Ty, uh, Tyreek Hill? And then what you know, we've got Kyler Murray. Is he playing Xbox this whole time, or has he actually been studying film? Like, uh, is he going to be able to get it done in, in a, probably a high scoring game there? So, a ton of really interesting storylines. I think it's going to be back. A great. It football is back, baby, and we are so excited. Basically, from now on, the only days of the week where you don't have football is Monday. Excuse me, no. it's Tuesday and Thursday. Nope, not even that. It's Tuesday. Where the hell are you? Sorry. So the only days of the week that you don't have <laughs> football is Tuesday because you have Maction. If you're big into Maction, you got Mac action on Wednesday. Thursday night football, obviously. You'll have some games on Friday. Obviously, college football Saturday, Sunday, NFL, Monday, NFL. So from now on, the only day where you have to really be like, I don't know if I can get through it all, but I will because it's a Tuesday. You know, that's the only day that you you can. And if you really need to pick me up, you can listen to Drink and Think with Dak and Dave. Again. Yes. Run it back. Try right. Like the Cowboys will at losing in the playoffs. We will run <laughs> that shit back every year, baby. All right. Well. All right. So, uh, in closing, it is a great time to be alive. Always a great time to be American because we're the best uh, country out there. And if you don't like it, then listen to a different podcast. Uh, but it's football time. Don't be like the kickers. Don't be like the college football kickers that they're just all over the fucking place. No one has any clue whether they're going to hit it or not. Be precise, always, straight through the uprights, boys. That's the safe. There you go. And that's a wrap. All, All right. right, man. Football's back. I'm pumped. Lots of beer. Lots of football. We'll talk soon. See ya. Peace.